Hi, this is Jill Burke, former Disney princess, actor, vocalist, voice teacher, and marathon runner. And you are listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 47 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we conclude our three-part interview with Lauren Delmont. In part one, we talked about how she started working for Disney and about the Disney English program she's working with in China. Then in part two, we talked about the DVD she and her dad made, The Secret Tour of Disneyland. This time, we venture a bit into trip report territory, as Lauren tells us about Hong Kong Disneyland, before we wrap up with our usual questions. In this episode, Lauren talks about an overall look at Hong Kong Disneyland, some attractions they have there that she wishes we had at Disneyland, why she's been there eight times in the time she's been in China, differences in characters and the way guests there relate to characters, differences in food, sadly no Dole Whips, the big difference in the Jungle Cruise, a brief tangent about language, what a crowded day is like at Hong Kong Disneyland, Mystic Manor, It's hard enough to describe this attraction. There's no way I can summarize it here, so you'll just have to listen to hear her talk about that one. If she could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why. What she never gets asked that she wishes she would. What inspires her and how Disney has inspired her. Her advice to you for following your dreams. And shameless plug time, of course. As with parts one and two, after the interview segment... I'll play the audio from one of the YouTube clips from The Secret Tour of Disneyland. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer. And we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home, and then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast, and we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek. Kinda. And heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at takehimwithyou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. You had mentioned when we were setting up the interview, and then you you mentioned it a little bit earlier in this interview, that you've also been to Hong Kong Disneyland yeah. several times. As I said, going way far afield from <laughs> Disneyland Park. <Yeah>. But, <laughs> um, what is it like there? Um, it's kind of like this strange alternate universe, because the park is basically laid out exactly the same way as Disneyland in Anaheim. 
and you walk in and it's the same entrance, like same exact entrance. But then once you get to Main Street, you realize you're somewhere else because you're looking at the castle and behind it, it's like these lush green mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Hong Kong is an island. So it's like I always refer to Hong Kong as England meets Hawaii meets China, which is kind of how it feels there. And yeah, so it kind of looks like you're on an island, but it's Disneyland and it actually is on an island, Lantau Island. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, like I said, it's a strange alternate universe getting there because it looks like you're in California, except you're not. And <laughs> people are speaking Chinese. And <laughs> but everything is, yeah, like I said, laid out exactly the same. Um, some of the stores on Main Street are a little bit different, which is another clue. And then um, the kind of center point is a little bit different as well. But yeah, you turn to the right once you reach the end of Main Street and there's Tomorrowland. You keep walking and <laughs> get to the other land. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's bizarre, but it's really cool. Is there anything that they have there at Hong Kong Disneyland that we don't have out here that you wish they'd bring over? Yes, they um, just opened a new attraction called Mystic Manor. Mm-hmm. Of their version of the Haunted Mansion, but since um, the culture here, yeah, is very, or the way they treat ghosts is very di- differently. They <laughs> went a completely different direction with the ride, and it's, yeah, it's really cool, and um, all the special effects and everything in the ride are very, like, high-tech and modern, and it's, yeah, really fun. <laughs> so that's <laughs> one that, yeah, I wish that they would bring over to Disneyland, but <laughs> they probably won't. No, probably not. Now, they have a, I think it's a Toy Story Land, too, right? Yeah, they do. Um, that's also really cool. That The thing about, yeah, the Hong Kong Disneyland, it is much smaller than our Disneyland. Um, there's only basically just one main attraction in each of the different lands, and then the rest of it is restaurants, or they have a lot of um, kind of smaller attractions, and they also have a lot of picture-taking opportunities, because... One thing I've learned in China is they love to take pictures of themselves. <laughs> and so there's a lot of like things you would see at like a fair where you stick your head in to, and you're in the jail or you stick your head into it and you're behind a waterfall and things like that. So there's a lot of those and they do take advantage of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, there is only one like main attraction in each land and in the Toy Story land, it's the RC racer roller coaster which is a lot scarier than it looks when you look at it. <laughs> but really? it's designed. Yeah. <laughs> but you're basically, yeah, inside the RC um, remote control car is the ride vehicle. And then it's set up like a Hot Wheel track, but it's just like one half circle. And you just kind of like go forward and then you go backwards and forward and backwards a few times. But yeah, it doesn't look scary. And then you go on it and you're at like a 90 degree angle high up in the air. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I underestimated you. <laughs> but um, yeah, the land itself is really cool. And the art decoration is amazing. And obviously very Disney and everything down to like the last details of the lights and the benches and <laughs> the way it's laid out. Or yeah, really awesome. Wow. Um, you said you've been there several times, right? Okay, I want to make sure that the question I'm about to ask isn't where you're like, well, I've only been there twice, and I don't know. (laughs) I've been there eight times now, I think. (laughs) Nice, okay. (laughs) Like I said, I'm here with my fiancé, but um, 
he's on a different visa where we have to leave China every three months in order for him to re-enter. And Hong Kong is technically not part of China. They're considered their own thing now. So um, yeah, we get to go to Hong Kong every three months. And while we're there, we go to Disneyland at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's a tough problem to have. It is. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Since I have the pass, we get in for free, which makes it even worse. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> um, so do they have characters there that we don't generally see over here? Um, They have some characters that I've seen, yeah, that we don't have. Um, they still have the princesses. They still have all the costume characters. They do have their Merlin was a little bit funny to see because he was a Chinese man. And also, again, it's a cultural thing. Like, people are kind of weird about magic and everything like that here. And huh. we were walking and like, yeah, there's like always like huge lines for the characters because, again, they love taking pictures. And <laughs> we were surprised because Merlin was just walking around and like people were kind of like looking at him, but nobody was approaching him. And again, I think because they're kind of like, what's this guy doing? And we don't trust it. And <laughs> so that was kind of interesting to see. And so I obviously went up and took a picture. And then there were a few people that after I did it were like, oh, I think it's OK. I think he's a character and not just some weird guy. <laughs> he's not a real wizard. He's, not a real he's wizard. just a character. He's just a character. It's OK. And uh, yeah, we also saw two guys dressed as pirates, which was kind of funny because, again, like people were afraid to approach them, but <laughs> they were kind of going around and making everybody laugh. So, <laughs> just, yeah, it's different cultural things like that where you're reminded because, again, a few times I actually forgot that I wasn't in California while I was there <laughs> and like, something would happen. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Like they sell dried squid instead of churros. It's like <laughs> that would be a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in China. <laughs> Do they sell Dole Whips in Adventureland? They do not sell Dole Whips in Adventureland, no. The, oh. Yeah, the food is very different than, um, the yeah, California. Like I said, they have the stands that sell, like, dried out pieces of squid instead of the churros. And um, most of the restaurants have, like, an Asian theme. Like, not necessarily Chinese food, but they have also, like, Japanese food and Malaysian food and Thai food and everything like that. So, yeah, the food is very different. They do have the ice cream, though which I was happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And does it taste pretty much the same? It does. It tastes pretty much the same. Um, they, do have, they do it a little bit differently where you get it in like a waffle bowl and you can either choose like bananas and chocolate or peaches with strawberry sauce and sprinkles. And <laughs> so it's a little different, but it's really good. <laughs> oh, that's good. This is kind of a weird one, but do they have anything there that you're just as glad we don't have here? Maybe the RC Racer coaster. <laughs> it's the I know. It's scary, but it's actually really fun. I do wish we had that one. Um, yeah, I can't think of any of them that I didn't enjoy. Because, um, yeah, most of them, they in Adventureland, or sorry, Fantasyland, they still have the teacups, and they have Dumbo, and they have the carousel. In the Grizzly Gulch area, which is kind of like our frontier land, they actually have a really cool roller coaster that I wish we had. And it scared me so bad the first time we went on it because <laughs> it's kind of um, set up that you're supposed to be like in a mine car and you're going on the roller coaster and you're seeing these bears and everything. And at one point you're like going up this hill 
And I'm just thinking it's going to be like a normal roller coaster where you go up the hill and you just go back down the hill. And then all of a sudden it's like wire snaps and you fall backwards and then you do the whole roller coaster backwards. But Whoa. yeah, it, it, like I said, it scared me so bad the first time. That's like one of my nightmares is that a roller coaster is going to break while I'm on it. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. And, <laughs> and then it took me a few seconds and I was like, oh, wait, it's just the ride. It's OK. But, yeah, it was just really cool because, yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting it at all and was just thinking it was a straightforward roller coaster. And, yeah, it really surprised me and was, yeah, the way they have it laid out, you can't actually tell from the outside that it's going to happen. So that was cool, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other rides that they have that were different. Oh, the Jungle <laughs> the jungle Cruise is amazing if you ever get the chance to go on it. Because obviously, yeah, the one in California, they pride themselves on their sense of humor and the jokes and everything. And so the one here, they actually have three different lines that you can go into for different languages you speak. So there's a Chinese or Cantonese, Mandarin, and then English. And obviously, yeah, we went in the English line and I'm thinking, oh, since they're speaking English, they're going to be doing the same thing, like telling all the jokes and everything. But they just did not get that at all. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I've, I've been on it every time that I've gone there, just hoping that maybe somebody will pick up on the fact that it's supposed to be humorous. But instead, it's just they're very like straightforward about it. And they treat it like you're on a jungle cruise and like, oh, look, there's a hippo. Say hello to the hippo. Hello, hippo. And like, oh, look, there's a giraffe and it's baby. Hello, giraffe. Hello, baby. And <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Now, you know, you mentioned something there about the different languages, and it reminded me that I don't really know my um, linguistic geography, I guess uh -huh. you could say, very well. What language or dialect, I think it would be considered language, do they speak in the area where you are? Um, What's the native language? In mainland China, the main language is uh, Mandarin. It is Mandarin, yeah. okay. Mandarin, but when you go to Hong Kong, it's a little bit different because they speak Cantonese, but most of them also speak Mandarin, and then a lot of them, too, also speak English because they were occupied by England for a while, so. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I think that's something a lot of people don't realize, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, that China, there isn't technically a Chinese language. Yeah. Like, there's not a language called Chinese. There's Mandarin, yeah, Cantonese. Mandarin, Cantonese. And, Cantonese and there's a lot of different languages when you go further up north and the more isolated areas and they kind of have their own dialects. But um, yeah, even with people that I work with, a lot of the um, people that are the Chinese cast members come from different parts of China. And even amongst them, there'll be like certain words or certain ways that they say things that are different to each other. And even, yeah, Mandarin itself is just so complicated. Like I was hoping I could learn it while I was here. And then <laughs> like, they have so many words where depending on like the fluctuation of your voice or how loud you say it or how soft you say it um, completely changes the meaning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's really complicated. And yeah, that's why I think there's like not an official Chinese language. It's just, yeah, kind of where you're from depends on how you speak. <laughs> Uh-huh. Huh. That's really interesting. <laughs> so anything else about Hong Kong Disneyland that you want to share? Um, let's see. 
I'm trying to think of any other rides that were really cool. Um, Jungle Cruise, Grizzly Gulch, Castle. Um, oh, the um, they have a Lion King stage show there. That was really cool. Hmm. And I hope they bring that, yeah, maybe to the Pantages Theater, although I don't think they could do it there. Because the way they had this one set up, it's like kind of theater in the round. So the whole center middle part was a stage around it. And yeah, it was really cool. And they had um, a lot of the costumes and everything from the actual stage musical of Lion King. And the show itself was in English, but they had these two characters that were dressed as monkeys that would translate everything into Chinese or Mandarin, sorry, which was... <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun to see. So yeah, they would say something in English and these little monkeys would come up and be like, oh, da 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 da. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> the one time you went to Walt Disney World that you mentioned, did you see the Festival of the Lion King show at Animal Kingdom? I did not. No, we didn't make it to Animal Kingdom. We just went, mm. um, yeah, Epcot and then the Hollywood, the Hollywood one? Yeah, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Disney's Hollywood Studios and then, yeah, the Disney World itself. Yeah, the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I ask because it, what you're describing sounds sort of like the Festival of the Lion King show. Oh, okay. But not exactly. And so I'm, just, I'm wondering how much of an overlap there yeah, might be maybe. between those. Because so, that's one of my favorite things at Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. And we actually only discovered it last time because it's kind of pushed back. You have to walk like almost a quarter of a mile just to get into the attraction. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they like lines here. So, yeah, like all the lines you have to walk into are really spread out from each other. Um, yeah, like it's it's a small world. It's like the one in Paris where the line is inside. But, again, hardly anybody was on the ride, but you had to walk like <laughs> for 10 minutes just to get to the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Indiana Jones on a slow day. Yeah, exactly. It's posted 10 minutes because it takes you at least that long to walk yeah. through the queue and actually get up there. Yeah. <laughs> do they have, I assume that they have they probably have a train they do, that encircles yeah. it? Um, they have the train, but because it is a smaller park, there's only two stops on the train. Okay. So it's, yeah, you either pick up at the main entrance and get dropped off in Fantasyland, or you pick up in Fantasyland and get dropped off at the main entrance, so... Yeah, that makes sense. And for some reason, too, they make you get off like you can't actually ride the train all the way around. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't let us when we were there. I don't know if it was because it was a more crowded day than usual. But yeah, we took the train to Fantasyland and then they made everybody that was on the train get off so that everybody that was waiting could get on. Huh. Yeah. I guess they don't believe in like pleasure rides on trains. They have the mentality that if you're on a train, you're going somewhere. Not <laughs> <laughs> right. just riding it back to where you started. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be silly. It would be, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what are the cast members like there? Um, they're all, yeah, very, very friendly, um, super nice. And yeah, it's kind of cool just to see that most of them do speak the three languages. So you're in line and you're waiting and of course you get to the front and they ask you how many you have and it's just kind of cool to see them saying it in Mandarin and then in Cantonese and then they get to you and they say it in English and (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of cool to see but yeah they're all very very nice and very helpful and everything so as they should be (laughs) right exactly yeah 
Anything else about Hong Kong Disneyland before we go a little bit more general for the last few questions or so? Um, I think that pretty much covers... Well, another main difference between the Hong Kong one and the California one is that the Hong Kong one is never crowded. Like, the longest we ever had to wait in line was 15 minutes. <laughs> and like, wow. We've been there eight times, and one of the times we were there, which was the most crowded time when we had the 15-minute line, was during the... Um, like a holiday time here it's called spring festival and so that was like yeah a crowded day for them and it was hardly anybody there (laughs) (laughs) what was the 15 minute line for uh the 15 minute line was for the mystic manor okay yeah because yeah i guess it's a new attraction but that one is really cool and um danny elfman did the music for the ride so that's fun and the story behind it is that it's this man who's um an explorer and a collector. So he's collected all of these art pieces and memorabilia from around the world. And now he's displaying them in his home. But the man has a pet monkey who's kind of mischievous and likes to get into things. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> their latest acquisition is this music box that is supposedly haunted and can bring objects to life if you touch it. And so the ride, yeah, basically starts with him showing the music box and then he leaves the room and then the monkey touches the music box and all these like lights come out of it and everything in the room that you're in starts to come alive. And then, yeah, the ride is you going through the house and going into all the different themed rooms and seeing all the different things animated. But yeah, just the way they do it, it's really cool. I actually filmed it the last time we were there, so I might post that on the YouTube (laughs) channel so everyone can see it. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's a really neat ride. Wow, that's, that sounds great. Yeah, I remember seeing concept art for it at the first D23 Expo. Oh, nice. And uh, my wife isn't necessarily real big on the Imagineering stuff and how it works and concept art and everything until we got to the artwork and the models and things for Mystic Manor. Yeah. And she, she was just captivated by it. She was like, we have to go see this. Yeah, it's, it's incredible if you get a chance. Yeah, like, especially, too, because... Like I said, it's very modern technology, but they keep you guessing because, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's hard to describe it <laughs> Just because, yeah, it's the way they use projection and different animations, but then they also, the way they make the different things come to life and the way they move and, um, like, the way the paintings can, and then it's amazing. I'll put it on the YouTube channel. <laughs> it's hard to describe it (laughs) well it i might be thinking of a different attraction but it's a trackless ride too isn't it i'm sorry it's a trackless ride too isn't it Uh, or am i thinking of a different one no well it's you can't actually see the track but the way it works is there are four ride vehicles that start at the same time and so you're in your four different vehicles and you're brought into this one main room. And then that's, yeah, where the man comes out and kind of explains the story and welcomes you to his home. And then he leaves. The monkey brings the music box to let come out and um, things in that room start to come alive. And I'm not sure how they do the timing, because every time we've been on it, it's been like a slightly different experience because of the way it's timed. Because the, after that, the four cars kind of split off. And you're with one other car and you go down two separate hallways, but then you end up back in the same room every time and you're seeing the same things and you finish at the same time with the four cars. But there's also times when you're in a room by yourself and the other cars are 
still in the previous room or they're in the room ahead of you. So I'd like to see yeah, how exactly they time everything because <laughs> yeah. it still baffles me because yeah, every time we're like, oh, it was really good when we were in like the fourth car and then we'll go to the fourth car and it's completely different from the time before. And we're like, oh, maybe it was the third car that was really good. <laughs> Wow. That sounds really impressive. Yeah, it is. Because I've been going to Disneyland for years, I thought that I had seen all they had to offer in the rides, I guess. And that was like the first time I had gone on a ride and was just completely blown away by it. And like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Let's do it again. And it's only a 10 minute line. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I think we rode it like four or five times the first time we went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right, well, let's go a little bit more general here, and then I'm going to give you a spot where if there's anything that I haven't touched on, we can we can do that, because I want to make sure that anything that you're just chomping at the bit to, to mention, or anything that you thought of that you're like, oh, I wish I'd mentioned that before, we can we can kind of throw it in the catch-all there. Okay, okay but uh, first, uh, if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, doing anything you want. You could even make up a job <laughs> if it doesn't currently exist, <laughs> except for president, emperor, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Got to leave those out. But aside from that, you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company. What would it be and why? That's a tough one. <laughs> um, the first thing that came to my mind is a job that does exist, which is Walt Disney's um, adventure guide position which is something I would love to do because um, I just found out about that one too when I was applying in China. And they have, yeah, tours all over the world that are Disney tours, but yeah. Oh, Adventures by Disney. In different cities all over the world. So I would love to have that job in Europe, preferably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> take people around and give them the Disney experience, but give them the Disney experience while we're looking at the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> Big Ben, and <laughs> things like that, so... Uh huh. That's the first one that comes to mind, but that's a good one. It's not one that anybody's mentioned yet. Yep. So okay, you've done some podcast interviews, but not a lot. But I'm sure even just being there in China and having all these students, you get asked a bunch of questions about back home and about Disneyland uh -huh. and, and all that kind of thing. But what do you never get asked that you wish people would ask you? Never get asked. Well, in China, I never get asked about the DVD, which. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if people would ask me about it because <laughs> then I could tell them to find it. But um, yeah, that's something I never get asked that I wish that I could get asked here, especially because there are so many people here and it would be awesome to be able to get it out here. But unfortunately, most people in China don't speak English. So unless I could have one of my Chinese friends help translate the whole movie or <laughs> maybe help me with Chinese subtitles, and then I think we'd have a really good market. <laughs> Right. Usually people aren't very shy about asking questions, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Okay. What inspires you? Inspires me mostly just other people. And I think Disney has inspired me to, yeah, just try to be the most positive person that I can be in the world and to understand that everybody has bad days and everybody has hard times, but that. There's a lot of good to see in the world, and there's a lot of good to see in other people, and I try to yeah keep that in mind with everything I do, and just also, I think Disney has inspired me too, to try to make everybody's day a little bit better, and to kind of see that in people, people need to have some cheering up to try to do that for them, or 
to try and make every experience as magical as possible, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I think we need more people who are inspired in that way. Yes. Um, and in fact, on a similar line of thought to that, you know, there are a lot of people listening who have their own dreams, or at least they did at one time. You know, maybe it was to work for Disney, you know, at Disneyland or in a foreign country or whatever, or just for Disney in some capacity. But maybe it's something else entirely. Maybe it's just to travel or, you know, do something. But they're afraid. Maybe they've forgotten that they had a dream once. They're not doing anything with mm -hmm. it. What advice do you have for that person? I would just say just to not be afraid and to realize that it may be scary, but usually the best things in life worth trying for are scary at first, but they're definitely worth it. And yeah, especially coming here, I remember when I got offered the position, there was a lot of back and forth and can I live in a foreign country for that long of a time? And I've never been there before and I have no idea what it's like and didn't know what to expect at all from China or from like working at the Disney Center in China. And yeah, definitely lots of fears and doubts that I just decided to go for it because if I didn't go for it, then <laughs> I knew I would always wonder what it would have been like if I had accepted the position and I knew my friends and family are still going to be there when I get back and Disneyland will still be there and Southern California will hopefully still be the same <laughs> when I get back in four months. <laughs> so you just have to, yeah, and just remind yourself, yeah, what's important. And for me, it was, I, my dream is to travel and to see the world and to do that by any means possible. And I realized it was going to be silly if I turn them down because here's somebody who's offering to pay my rent for a year and give me a salary on top of that. And <laughs> I'd have the chance to live in a foreign country and have no idea what anyone around me is saying. <laughs> Get to feel like an outsider for the first time in my life. It's definitely made me, I think, a better person living here. It's made me a lot more patient than I was before because <laughs> you have to have a lot of patience when you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language and they don't speak your language and you're trying to just do simple things like go to the grocery store, or mail a package or <laughs> get from point A to point B suddenly becomes this adventure. But yeah, <laughs> so I would tell people, yeah, that are afraid to follow their dreams just to take a chance every once in a while and do something that scares you. And because that's how you change as a person and that's how you, yeah, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, it will change you and, hopefully for the better. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and that's really good advice. Um, now, before I ask the last question, uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to or go into more detail on or just anything that we we haven't covered or that you want to go back to? Um, not that I can think of right now. I think we've pretty much <laughs> hit all the bases. All right, so the last one is um, what we call here on the show shameless plug time. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to mention or promote, obviously you can talk about the DVD and where people can find that, your YouTube channel, maybe how people can find you on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Go for it. Okay, yeah. Um, I would highly recommend the Secret Tour of Disneyland DVD. We have it for sale right now on Amazon. So, yeah, very easy to find. Just type in the Secret Tour of Disneyland, and it's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, it's a great DVD. You'll learn a lot. And we've always been surprised by people who think they know everything about Disneyland. They always come back to us and tell us that even they learned at least one or two things they didn't know about. 
and it's great to give to friends too that maybe live in different parts of the state or different countries and don't have the chance to actually come to Disneyland because we do give a pretty thorough tour of what the park looks like and hopefully the magic that it has and they can get a good idea of what it's like to be there. We also have a YouTube channel. It's Delmont 61, D-E-L-M-O-N-T 61. And we have, yeah, just different little segments on there. And hopefully soon I'll be posting the Mystic Manor tour <laughs> <laughs> so that everyone can see what the ride is like. Because like I said, it's hard to describe, but it's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much it. And hopefully people now know about Disney English China and maybe more people will be inspired to come here and live in China. Maybe not for 14 months, but <laughs> if, yeah. Okay, good. And I'm going to go ahead and put links in the show notes to uh, the Amazon page and to the YouTube channel. And if I can find a good link for Disney English China site or something like that, then I'll put something in for that one, too. Yep. They're always looking for people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your patience as we dealt with some of those technical issues earlier. But I really had a good time, and I know that the listeners are going to enjoy it, too. No problem. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. We've all heard the famous saying that the mansion has 999 ghosts, but that there's always room for one more. Well, back on October 21st, 2004, the 1,000th ghost was added. Disneyland held a charity auction on eBay for someone to have their name put on a tombstone inside the ride. When the dust had settled, the winning bid came in at $37,400. The winner was Carrie Sharp, a doctor and attorney from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He was treated to a special midnight ceremony at Disneyland that included a carriage ride from Main Street to the Haunted Mansion. Then, at a ceremony in front of the mansion, he received his very own death certificate. And just so you know, the money raised by the auction went to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. All right, so right as you pass the old man and the dog in the graveyard scene, look to your left, and you may be able to see the special gravestone. If you can't see it, don't worry, it's kind of dark, so here's what it looks like. The gravestone reads J and has the humorous epitaph, forever buried in his work. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Lauren Delmont for being my guest, and to you for listening. Even though this interview's done, I actually have the next one recorded, so we'll take a week off and then be back with part one of my conversation with Doug Lip, author, consultant, and former Walt Disney Company employee. We had a lot of fun with this interview, talked about some really interesting things that we haven't covered before on the podcast. So come back next time. Now, if you've worked for the Walt Disney Company in any capacity, and you'd like to share a positive story, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY anytime, 24 hours a day. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let's talk. If you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, 
or if you've had any special Disney experience you want to share. Maybe even a trip to Hong Kong Disneyland, but it doesn't have to be that elaborate. But if it is, that's great. But if you have anything that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. Email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. I'm also working on getting the show on TuneIn Radio, in case that's your preferred method of listening. If and when something happens on that front, I'll let you know. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. The more reviews and ratings the show has, the better it shows up in lists and searches so it's easier for people to find. I have had some reviews, but it's been a while, and they do drop off over time, especially in counting towards a rating. So, if you could take just a couple of minutes and go do that rating, particularly on iTunes, I would really, really appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too, including, like I had mentioned in the interview, a link to Lauren and her dad's YouTube channel about the Secret Tour of Disneyland, and a link to uh, the Amazon listing for the Secret Tour of Disneyland. And I did find information about Disney English China, so you can find that in there, too. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.